We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. But I was like, no, I think I shit. The- <laughs> uh, you just surrendered. You just threw up the white I flags. Yeah. I was like, it's over. I it's the over. brown flags, I guess. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. Hello. Another cancellation. Another cancellation. I blame the fact that no one leaves fucking reviews because this is what happens, people. I ask someone to do the podcast and they're like, yeah, sure, maybe. Fuck, I need to get rid of it. (laughs) Sorry. God damn it, Skylar. I'm sorry. I messed up your flow. Go ahead. Okay. So I asked them, yeah, can you do my podcast? And they're like, all right, maybe. And then they look at them reviews. They're like 92 reviews. Uh, I got better things to do. So I get it. I sound like I'm attacking the audience. I didn't sleep last night. It just helps. Soon we're going to have to invite my mom who now knows about this podcast on here. And you don't want to hear that. Honestly, our listenership has really gone up. And uh, I'm wondering if it's your parents just positive it is. They are so much cooler than I will ever be and have so many more friends. That I'm sure as soon as my mom found out, she texted all the women in Northern Virginia. Well, can you just ask them to leave a review, please? <laughs> I prefer not to. Well, so how did it come up? You just have been living this Hannah Montana lifestyle and then it just totally. you forgot your wig. What happened? Yeah, I completely forgot my wig. Well, it's like I, I just I let my guard down for a few seconds and my dad goes, oh, like, how's your podcast going? And I just launch right in. I'm like, oh, it's going really well. Hannah and I are doing this and this and this. And then my mom's like, wait, what? And then I'm like, fuck. And my mom meant clubhouse because I told her that through work, I do our like work clubhouse thing. And I described it to her as a podcast that other people can join in on. It was the easiest way. So that's what she had told my dad. So that's what my dad meant. So I completely fucked myself over by just like 
blurting it out and being like, all right, well, now's the time. So I have thought for years, I'm such a good secret keeper. I'm such a great liar. And then now I'm like, well, something has changed and I have to reevaluate everything I know about myself. But I mean, your mom also said the wrong, you know, maybe it's meant to be. I also think they have, there's a very real chance that they will forget entirely because I didn't tell her what it was called. She's like, well, I'm just going to Google Hannah. I'm like, you're going to spell it wrong. She's going to be looking up Hannah Dickerson with an H and an ER for hours. And then she'll forget and give up. And then we won't have to deal with it anymore. The amount of people who DM me and say Hannah Dickerson with an H at the end, I'm like, that's basically my name now. My parents thought they were so creative by not having an H at the end of my name. I'm like, no, now my name is just legally spelled incorrectly. Everywhere. So paperwork is a nightmare. Anyway. Well, this week, yeah. So our guest canceled. Um, you know, honestly, I got to say the episodes where we have people with a bigger following, they don't even fucking help share and... I probably should we love the we love the normal people we are the normal people at least one of us is we're the normal people I'm in my parents basement we don't need celebrities on this thing I'm eating a pop-tart you're eating a pop-tart how did I you find them today and I was craving at, for a pop-tart I crave brown sugar cinnamon pop-tarts not I wouldn't say frequently but when I see them and the mood strikes I have to buy them and Do then you toast them no raw dog in it Ugh. I don't like the crust on pop-tarts yeah, right. My boyfriend and I were talking about it yesterday. He's like, I used to eat like only, I used to cut the crust off and eat only the innards. I'm like, that's, I feel like that's actually very common. Yeah. So. Well, they should either have full icing up top or it should be fully, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. outside crust is so bland. I'm like, who eats that? I mean, it's an end to the means. Oh yeah. I'm one of those psychopaths that like cuts up my food into like, I'll have like a little piece of cake until I have like the whole cake as opposed yeah. to just one large piece. Right. I'll just pick at things until it, it's gone. And then I'm like, Hmm, I guess I only had half. And it's like, oh. what eight pieces. It's called a diet. Cake. Yeah, exactly. Wait, hold on one second. Well, uh, first I want to talk about, I don't even know if I'm going to call her the crazy bitch of the week. But this, and this is kind of old news, but did you hear about the Demi Lovato frozen yogurt incident? Oh my God. Yes. It's so stupid. So there's a frozen yogurt place in Los Angeles called the Big Chill and they have sugar-free ice cream and vegan ice cream. And Demi Lovato went on some rant about how triggering it is as someone who has suffered from an eating disorder. She went on this DM rant against the 16 year old who works at the front desk at the Big Chill. And like they, the only person there that knows how to sign into Instagram. Is yeah, yeah, literally. They're like, uh, ma'am, I'm wearing a fucking visor and an apron. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Yeah. But their response was, well, there are a lot of diabetics and people with celiac disease and vegans who come into our restaurant. So we just like to have options for them. And she's like, well, you should make that more clear. That was her thing. You should make it more clear. It's for the diabetics and the people with celiacs. I'm like, what? So people with diabetes have to wear a vest into the store? Like yeah. a fucking dog, like you know, they have to wear a bell around their neck to make it to give reason why they're having the sugar-free ice cream. And usually, I would be like, you know, it's sensitive because she has an eating disorder. But I think we've discussed on here we've all had some. We all have. We've all had eating disorders, yeah. and I understand she has had a tough time with addiction and everything else. So I don't want to make fun of that, but I will say to go off on a small business, rest- a small business in a strip mall. I was like, that is literally insanity. How about you just move out of Los Angeles? Yeah, you clearly can't handle being there anyway. Why don't you go somewhere else? Like be one of those, be one of those celebrities that buys a ranch and lives in Montana. You will be fine. Yeah. It's so unnecessary for her to be around that. I thought that like the bullshit part of it was because she freaked out. Number one, she was the one that posted the DMs to the place 
on social media, right? Like, I don't think the big chill was outing her, were they? I think she posted the DMs. Which is even more hilarious because she's like, I'm going to be a Karen and create drama, but then I want everyone to know about it. It's like the opposite of when someone donates like $2 million and just doesn't say anything about it. Like you find out that some celebrity like saved all of Flint, Michigan, or when we all found out that Akon has been under the table helping Haiti for like a decade. Like, that's great. I didn't even I know that. Kind of I didn't even know there that. You go. Exactly. Because he didn't really need you to know. He was just going to do it regardless. Demi Lovato is the opposite of Akon, where she's like, let me find the least important cause to create a big hubbub about and then get made fun of for it. Because every single person I've seen, like, even though they understand what she was going for has been like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is all you have to do. This and watching MMA fights is apparently all Demi Lovato does. And this is coming from someone who like was a fan. I'm losing it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. To attack a small business, it's like, just take the freeway. Don't go to that strip mall. And by the way, I have been to the Big Chill because all my anorexic sorority sisters loved it. And I will say, I genuinely thought it was called the Big Chill because you were on the toilet forever after that. I literally <laughs> was <laughs> big chilling on the toilet for two and a half hours because my butthole was running loose. So I, if I'm going to make a complaint about the big chill, it's that it gives me explosive diarrhea because I did get the sugar-free option because whatever. And it's also not better for you if you look at the ingredients. It's like Diet Coke. It's like, are you going to go after every bodega and be like, get this out of here? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the... um it went viral years ago, like the reviews for Haribo gummy bears, the sugar-free sugar free, Yeah. People started buying them because the reviews were so funny. Like people were giving themselves explosive diarrhea because they're like, this is fucking hilarious. Like anybody who has ever had something sugar-free knows the fact that it wreaks havoc on your stomach. Like diabetics are not happy about this. You yeah. really have to want frozen yogurt to be like, all right, let's just like. Yeah. Pee peeing out of my poo-poo hole. Right. So. I just think it's like you're trying to create like she is constantly she's kind of like an Azalea Banks where she's just constantly trying to create drama and then when she does gets mad when people get mad at her or like annoyed with her for it she's like you can't silence me I'm like okay I mean wait till this bitch finds out about Halo Top like she needs to just go to a grocery store stop sending your personal assistant to the grocery store and get into the Whole Foods because you will see a lot of sugar-free ice cream that you will not see some shit you don't want to see I know yeah yeah, but if you are triggered by that, it's like that is something you talk to your therapist about. Yes. That is not something you take up with the big chill headquarters, which is I think is like a family run business. Like what yeah, the headquarters is the back room. Like how about you make an ice cream? Like do what Larry David did in uh Curb Your Enthusiasm. Where he <laughs> hates Mocha Joe so much he makes latte Larry's right next door. Just make a fucking a demi dip where you just have fucking big ass ice creams that dip in chocolate. Let's get full that going. Fat, full sugar. Yes, so you're leaving out diabetics. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> you were raised on the fucking Disney Channel. Of course you turned out to be a bitch. None of those people are normal. Uh, Hill Duff. I, I, I love Hill Duff. I, I, I will defend her. Um, and- but, I mean, kind of a weird decision to make How I Met Your Father. No one needed that or asked for it. You know what? Yeah, and she came into my work one day, and mm-hmm. uh, my coworker got in the same elevator as her, not realizing like she just stood behind it. She had two security guards and yeah. she got in behind them. This is pre-COVID, by the way. This yeah. isn't like there was a number that needed to be whatever. Right. She got in the elevator and the bouncer goes, actually, you need to get out. And she was like, really? Why? And then sobs Hillary Duff. And the guy's like, you need to get out. And I was like, oof, so disappointing because I fucking love Hill Duff. But I mean. Two security guards for Hillary Duff? Right? You're on Younger. Like, or you were. 
I know. I, I did like Younger, though, I got to say. Um, Younger is a pretty good show. Yeah. But that was such a disappointing uh, piece of information. Actually, I, I watched an interview with her about her new husband. Mm-hmm. Or her husband, her new husband, her second husband, but whatever. Uh, her husband now. And she was yeah. like, yeah, like I told him that I had a dream. I broke up with him and I was thinking about it. And then he just apologized to me. And I was like, this guy sounds like a little bitch. Yeah. I have those dreams all the time. And I wake up and like, guess Dream Ryan uh, cheated on me last night. And then like went and did this and this and this. He's like, oh. And then just walks away from me because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> that's how you deal with that kind of thing. Yeah, well, Skylar, maybe if you fucking made the money of the household. I mean, obviously, I need to I need to change something around here. My time is limited, I can tell. In your relationship and in your apartment? Yes. <laughs> Not I mean, <laughs> I stayed with Matt last week and he has this new fucking leather couch. And that is going to be what breaks us up, I think. Is his leather couch first of all it's very easy to scratch and it came scratch so he's getting a replacement but i put my backpack on it and scratched it more and i know i should have put my backpack on the fucking leather couch okay i know but in the moment i wasn't thinking i used i throw my backpack on the couch all the time i've been doing it since high school get off my fucking back and he was like god damn it like you you scratch the couch like you look at these scratches like this isn't your workspace and like i get it he's just spent a lot of money on this couch it is a nice couch blah blah but I will say, as he was yelling at me, his Lululemon zipper on his shorts just scraped the couch and just left a nice little scratch. And I was like, hmm, now, is it? Huh? Yeah. If you're so worried about it, like you either have to buy a secondhand one that's already scratched up and you're like, this is fine. Or you have to kill all of your friends immediately. Because I cannot imagine any group of boys coming over and sitting on that couch and not entirely fucking it up. Like scratches are going to be the least of his worries. Yeah, like uh, he he got the same couch as Aziz and Zari and Master of None. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nice couch. It looks really good. But like, you know, of course, Aziz keeps it spotless. It's a fucking production couch. It's not his real apartment. Yeah, he doesn't live there. No one actually touches the couch. And even that was probably scratched up just from like moving it. Yeah, so I feel you. I mean, I don't even live there. I live in my parents' house, but I've somehow managed to. You ruined it. Well, then I opened a Topo Chico and you know, that thing was flying everywhere with the bubble. (sighs) I'm getting stressed out thinking about this couch. I think I need to go over and just next time I'm over there, I'm just going to bring a lawn chair to bring out in the middle of the, in the middle of the living room. Just bring like one of those inflatable things that we had in the early 2000s and just sit in the middle of his living room and blow it up and then plop down and sit on that. And he'll be like, what are you doing? I'll be like, listen, this is for the best. And then when you leave, you just have to push on it and deflate it, roll it back up, throw it in your backpack and go. That will get the message across in one fell swoop and you would not have done anything wrong. Oh my God, I'm totally going to get an inflatable couch. Yeah, this will have. save our relationship. It will be the life raft of our relationship. Is this Just is put it on top of the leather couch, big listen. I feel like this is for the best. I think I just need to wear just like a Michelin man suit so that any, if anything I touch just doesn't break. Get a juicy track suit and be like, this is the softest thing I could find. <laughs> Literally, I'm not wearing jewelry anymore. I, yeah, I need a fucking bubble, like bubble boy. Mm-hmm. Men are particular about their shit, man. Yes, they are. And I'm very I, unparticular about other things. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah, I had a friend who like recently moved in with her boyfriend and before she was just staying at his apartment a lot. And she said the same thing. Like when it was his apartment, it was like he was so particular about his shit and like it was causing problems. But now that they live together, she's like, you think he's as clean as he was when it was just his apartment? No. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder what that is. It's like a territorial thing. I don't know. Yeah, that would make the most sense. 
all I'm saying is stick it out. Yeah. Make it, we'll make it together. I mean, you, at least you have, uh, your name on the lease. True. That is huge. (laughs) I don't even have a fucking key, so he could lock me out at any time. I'm gonna be knocking on your door, and Ryan's gonna be like, "Get the, get her the fuck out!" Like she's gonna make a mess. Get her out of here. Come here. I'm gonna be the straw that broke the camel's back in your relationship. That's all it takes. We were doing great, and then Hannah. Hannah had to come over and spill everything. <laughs> um, okay, wait. So we're gonna have this girl come on. Her name is Courtney Schlesinger. So I, I posted on Instagram because our, our guest canceled, and I was like, "Yo, if you have a good story." do you want to come on? And she messaged me back saying she pooped on her husband. What? I was like, all right, well, obviously I got to hear this immediately. Yeah. So she's going to come on, um, and give us a little story and then we'll have another guest. Uh, yeah. I wonder if I can even keep this leather couch shit in actually, you know what? I fucking can because it's my fucking life. Um, (laughs) do you hear me going through the fight already in my head? Just waiting for it. God, I really need to figure out how to turn off this fucking noise. Oh, here we go. Got it off. Oh, tech savvy, tech wizard. Not even. Uh, I was doing my taxes today and I had to like make an Excel of all my expenses. And it took me an hour to figure out how to add it up on an Excel sheet. I was like, did I skip the sixth grade? What the fuck is happening? No, I still have to Google that stuff. Anytime you have to like create a formula for it. Anytime I say I'm like an expert in Excel, it's because at any job I've ever been at, if something is asked of me, I'm like, yeah, for sure. And then I Google it. I stopped telling people that I was an expert (laughs) because I'm not. I was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to be in a position where someone asked me to do something on Excel and I have to Google it because I, it will still. Let me not pull the wool over your eyes. I'm just not this person. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm more of a creative type, AKA useless. Oh, here. Oh, shoot. Courtney Davis is here. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is my co-host, Skylar. Thank you for coming on. Gosh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm like obsessed with every one of the little clips you put out. I was like, oh, I love these girls. I have to talk to them. Oh my God. Yay. Um, Yeah. Thanks for, well, you, I told Skylar because our guest canceled and then I was like, let's just get some good stories on here. And then when you were like, I pooped on my husband, I was like, look, can't top that. So this is obviously my biggest fear. So I'm very excited to hear not only how it happened, but then how everything is going now. <laughs> okay. So great. how long have you been married for? <sighs> okay. I kind of get, I think four years, it could be five. <laughs> I'm one of those people who is like really bad at dates and remembering things. Like I'm also pregnant and I don't know how many, we- I have no clue how many weeks that I'm pregnant. But I think you go into labor right now and we right, should I could be having a child. <laughs> well, bring us to the hospital. We need some juice on this thing. <laughs> exactly. I think I've been married for almost five years. I think we determined that the other day because I got married in 2017, but I like never thought I would get me. I was just like having such a hard time dating in the city. I'm sure you understand. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, well, how old were you when you met your husband? 31. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like that's normal for New York is like meeting your husband and like actually dating someone seriously in your 30s. Like my coworker married, recently married her now husband and she got engaged at 27. And when she got engaged, I was like, oh my God, that is so young. Right. I know I was 
yeah. engaged to someone else when I was like 26 and I was like oh hell no yeah like, oh shit many guys I want to fuck <laughs> true wait were you engaged in New York yeah I had like moved from LA to New York to be with my last fiance he was like we were like living in Tokyo and Hong Kong and he was banking and then I was like I don't want to go to Asia anymore and then we, he moved to New York in thinking that we were getting married and then I moved to New York and then we were both just cheating on each other every night. <laughs> Sounds like ideal. Did he have a sick apartment at least? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so, wait, 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 is he married now? Do you know if that guy's married? I think no. He like has a girlfriend of four or five years. And I'm like, why aren't you getting married? And he's like, she doesn't care about that like you did. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, no one cares about it until you fucking ask. And then, yeah, they care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then how did you meet your now husband? Okay, so then I was basically like my fiance, ex-fiance, found out I like cheated on him and they kicked me out of his apartment. And I was literally like homeless. I went on Craigslist and tried to find an apartment. And then- You're like Rachel Green in the beginning of Friends. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And then, oh, then my friend was like, um, cause I was like, uh, I think I need a job. I think I need to work and pay for something now. And so my friend was like, oh, I know this guy named Jared Kushner. Do you know Jared Kushner? <laughs> this gets better. <laughs> and she was like, he needs an assistant. And I just kind of Googled him and I was like, oh, he's like, seems like a cute young guy. And then I was like, oh my God, it's like, says he's married to Ivanka Trump. Like this is interesting <laughs> so I went to his office I never like had a real job and they were like we've been interviewing hundreds of people but Jared would like to kill me and then he like met me for five minutes and I was like oh I'm half Jewish and he was like let's let's try it and then he hired me to be his assistant for, you had like, never had a job before and you're like I'm a hot blonde who's half Jewish and he's like you're in she was like, let's try it. He was like, let's give it a go. I said I had been an assistant before for like my friend and I like my referral was my friend. So they called him and I was like, tell this, tell this guy I'm an assistant. And he was like, uh, yes, Courtney was my assistant. <laughs> that is so okay. And then, uh, then he hired me. And then after two years, I was like, okay, I, don't want to be an assistant my whole life. Like the whole point of me working for a real estate developer was to meet a real estate developer, obviously. And clearly. Yeah. And then like all these guys weren't taking me seriously because I was still his assistant. So I asked him, I was like, can I create my own title so that when the guys come in, they think I'm someone like equal. And he was like, okay. And then <laughs> I became his like leasing director which is like the person who shows other developers like projects or like they I don't even know what they did but anyways like <laughs> yeah it sounds like a very one. fake title but very prestigious I like it well done good choice <laughs> you're like to Jared Kushner you're like can I lie about my title he's like how do you think right, I got like, here <laughs> of course <laughs> what do we do I know I think about their administration I'm like they just like like I was so unqualified, but they just like liked me. And I think that's how they hired people the whole time. They're just like, well, they seem okay. <laughs> I mean, sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, do, I was a personal assistant for like 
three years and it is about just like getting along with them at the end of the day because you're just basically around them all the time doing what they say so it's, exactly yeah yeah you don't have to except i'm like it was too hard for me and i would cry every day i mean um, he's i can only imagine oh my god he was like nice then and now i'm like oh i'm like oh it makes me not throw up but then my first day on the job i my husband came in and i was like oh my god he's i like him I don't know. There's something about him. And then I like went to show him some buildings and he was like, Oh, you do comedy. That's so cool. And I was like, yeah, all the guys say that. And then afterwards we had like this great day together and he gave me his card and he was like, let, let me know um, some more info about these buildings when you can. And I emailed him like thinking he would email me back being like, let's get a drink. And he never emailed me back ever. <laughs> Not even about the buildings. You're like, fuck, I'm really failing as this leasing. <laughs> like, I hate so much that. for all these business cards. <laughs> I'm going to die alone. And then like two years later, my ex-fiance was like, let's get back together. You're obviously not doing well. <laughs> you sound like a winner. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I am giving up on life. So fine. And he's like, come with me to this rabbi party. And then at the party, I saw the guy I'm married to now. And That's fate. Like, oh yeah, I like masturbated to you on Facebook that day, but I didn't call you because I had a girlfriend. I was like, "That's weird." <laughs> Love those secrets. Love those like twenty. That's what he led with. Is I masturbated to you on Facebook? I mean, that wasn't a leading, but that was like what he told me like six months later. <laughs> and you were like, "Thank God!" I thought you just didn't like me. Right. I was like, "Oh." Oh my God, I feel so relieved. Like at least you masturbated to me. Yeah, at least you fantasized cheating on your girlfriend with me. Right, right. I'm like, I wonder if he still does that. I think probably. Truly. Wait, so then you, when did you poop on him? Okay, great question. <laughs> then I'm like, I go on a date like every night. I was like, just obsessed with guys and dating. So finally, when my husband and I re-met each other, I was like, so excited so every date we went on I wanted it to be like I wanted it to seem like I was this perfect girl <laughs> and so like every day I tried to look perfect I tried to act perfect like I did not want to lose him and I was like I always screw up relationships like I always screw something up this time I'm not going to screw anything up I'm going to marry him everything's going to be fine and my also goal was like I'm not going to hook up with him I'm going to wait 10 dates to have sex with him and then like he's gonna be in love with me at that point and then 10 dates right <laughs> it's a long time how much xanax were you on <laughs> you're just like destroying your libido <laughs> it was yeah and i was like so hot for him so it was really hard for me to wait but the plan was going great we had only like made out i think we like kind of hooked up i probably blew him at some point and then it was like the night we were good. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to have sex with it. And then I went home from work. I changed from work attire to like work attire that I wasn't actually wearing, but I said that I wore that to work. Have you ever done that? Yeah. It's <laughs> like kitten different. heels and like your glasses. And you're like stumbling. You're like, my feet don't hurt. Exactly. And then I went and I like ran home from work and I remember I like had to poo. So I like tried to push it out really fast 
because <laughs> I like wanted to do my makeup and be like, I don't know, be on time and go to his house. And then I think I wiped, you know, I thought I wiped properly. I thought everything was out <laughs> I get to his house and everything's going well. And you, you, you didn't feel a little squishy. <laughs> it wasn't poop that at this point. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't poop at this point. Then, okay, also, let me just paint the picture for you. Like, he lived in this really cool Soho loft that was, like, immaculate. He's one of those guys who, like, has his housekeeper come every day because he's super OCD about cleanliness. And, like, it was just, like, this gorgeous apartment. His sheets were, like, he did obviously never ate in bed. It was, like, this pristine <laughs> apartment. <laughs> you had me up until never eats in bed. I was, like, yeah, that would never work for me. No. <laughs> like my sheets are disgusting even when they're so clean and then he's like whispering these things in my ears like we're role-playing like he's a student and I'm a teacher and I was like oh my god this is so hot like oh this guy's so hot and then I'm lying down and he's on top of me whispering things to me and I'm like so in the moment then he and he's like starts having sex with me and then he flips me over and then I, oh, I like part of this is blacked out, but I remember he goes, what's that? And I, I, was, like, I was like, what do you mean? And then I looked on the bed and there was like brown little, tiny little kiblets <laughs> on the sheets. It was like a streak and then like little kiblets. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then he was like, did you have your period? And I should have said yes, but I was like, no, I think I shit. The <laughs> Uh, you just surrendered you just threw up the white I flags yeah. i was like it's over it's the fine. brown flags i guess <laughs> i was like i give up that's fine and then he was like no way no way you wouldn't have pooped and i was like took my finger and smelled it and i was like no that's poop like i just i pooped <laughs> and then he like got up and i could tell he was like this is really gross and he was like horrified and I was like, oh my God, his perfect sheets that he doesn't even eat in. Like I, and I like, look, and then, and then as I was getting up, I noticed that it was like kind of everywhere. Like it, it had spread. <laughs> I don't know if I was like so relaxed. This had never happened to me. I'm one of those people who like never even talks about poop with guys. It's a nightmare for me. And then he was like, well, I guess I fucked the shit out of you. And then I was like, is that funny? And then I was just like, I'm, I'm so, I just got up and left his apartment and I called my ex and I was like, are you still single? Because I'm definitely not ever seeing this person again. <laughs> but as I was leaving, my now husband was like, I'm going to take this. I was like, well, I'll help you wash the sheets. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm throwing these out. They're like nice sheets. They're like frette. And he was like, no, I'm throwing these out. I was like, that's how disgusted you are. You're going to throw out a perfectly good pair of shoes. Like, just wash them. He was like, no. Bleach them. Haven't you ever heard of Tied to Go? Exactly what bleach is for. You're like, I have eight Tied to Go pens in my purse for this occasion. Relax. <laughs> Reason. Relax. It's fine. And then I, I was just like, well, he's never talking to me again. That relationship, I guess I screwed up another one. I'll just go back on the market or die alone or just be infertile my whole life. Then he like texted me like, oh, I'm leaving Bed Bath & Beyond. I fixed the situation. We have new sheets. Do you want to go out to dinner tonight? And I was like, 
no, I like never, ever want to see you. Like, this is horrible. Like I ruined my perfectness. Not that I was, I'm sure he saw I had problems. And then somehow I got up the courage to go out with him and I couldn't look him in the eye. And he like asked me to be his girlfriend. The day after you pooped on his sheets, he asked you to be his girlfriend? Yes. Okay. Can you bring this guy on camera? What is wrong with him? <laughs> I, I think he's just like a really nice person. So now I just think that like, no matter what you do, if a guy's like into you, because I think he was kind of in love with me before that. So if you don't have sex with them and they're in love with you, you can do no wrong. Because now I'm like the worst wife and he does whatever I want. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do think there is like, I read like, why do men love bitches or I started it. I never finished a chapter of any book. So I didn't get very far, but I, it is. These, it's so interesting. My friends are like, oh, I'm reading this book, like how to summon the one. And I'm like, that's a spell book and you're a witch. Like, why are you being crazy? Right. But yeah, I just think there's like something to if a guy likes you enough, like all the rules go out the window. It's just yeah. it, there's no real. Right. Then it's not like, oh, you don't have to wait for a text or like you don't have to play the game as like all the rules are just if the guy likes you it doesn't matter yeah what did he say like when you were like i'm really embarrassed did you bring it up again you're like i'm really embarrassed we still talk about it like even at parties he's like well remember the time courtney shit on me i'm like we like moved to a new town and had a new group of friends and i thought i put that story behind us and then we're talking about like embarrassing dating moments and bob my husband is like well, nobody can beat Courtney's time that she pooped in my bed when we were about to have sex for the first time. And they were like, what? And I was like, it's literally PTSD for me. Like, it's so traumatizing. Oh, no, I like one time I hooked up with this guy and the first time we hooked up, it like, it happened so fast and he blamed the condom, which was kind of funny. I was like, I know how condoms work. He was like, yeah, sorry, it came so quick. I just am not used to condoms. And I was like, that's literally the opposite of how that works. So then the next night we hooked up because he had something to prove. So he was like fucking the shit at me from behind. This is very inappropriate. I queefed so loud. I think I, I, uh, birds on the top of the building flocked away. It was so loud. And we both just sat there. I was like, I don't, yeah. Right. You know what? And he moved to Mexico. That is how bad that queef was. That guy moved to Mexico and I'm not fucking kidding you. Big ball Tony is now in Mexico. Wait, I heard that like guys are proud if they make a girl queef or like pee and stuff like that. I think they like it. Well, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Big Bald Tony was not the one for me, but it was this thing of like a, a, the queef scarred. Like I still right. wake up to it sometimes. Like, just <gasps> like, to the queef. but it is a thing if they like you. Like now, my boyfriend, like, he, well, he farts in front of me all the time. And I'm like, so I fart in front of him. And he's like, that's gross. And I'm like, this is retaliation. You created war now. Right, right, right. Wait, that's your, you're not, are you dating someone now? I'm dating someone now, yeah. But he's not the queef guy. No, no. Right. But I held it in my, I don't know, but I did sleep with him on the first night. So it's like, I don't know. Okay. That's another thing. Like that's the rules out the window and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. The farting thing I think is really interesting because you try so hard not to fart in front of them when you're first dating. And then when you're dating, you just fart all the time and think it's great. I have friends who like, don't do that though. They are like, I would die if my boyfriend knew I farted. And I was like, you've been dating for like five years. (laughs) That's so weird to me. That is so weird. Yeah. 
and my friend was like that ruins romance and I was like really yeah so does everything so does being in a relationship (laughs) yeah well I just think the most intimate you can be with someone is like you're truly alone but someone's with you so it's like that's farting right that's farting what else are you gonna do during the day I literally the best part about having a boyfriend is that I don't have to go out to dinner with someone and be like clenching as I walk down the street after eating Brussels sprouts. I'm like, these fuckers want me to eat a kale salad and then they're pissed when I fart. It's like, make a choice. All these vegetables, yet you can't fart. All these greens, what do you expect? It's so true. You don't live in New York anymore. Where do you live now? So now I live in Westport, Connecticut. It's like the most white suburb town you can go to. First off, it took me a while to convince him to let me move in with him. We, yeah, I well, you to, did poop on his sheets. A little worried about the sheets. Valid. <laughs> He's like, I can't afford these. Are for Tay? Whatever you said. I don't even know what sheets they are. <laughs> I had to like fake that I got another apartment, like signed another lease, and break up, fake break up with him as a whole thing. But then we you, got. You didn't sign a lease. You fully f- broke right. up with this guy as a ruse. Exactly. You were living in a tent in, okay, in Tribeca. In my friend's like closet. <laughs> well, I have to say where you are today is solely built on lies. And I'm very impressed by all Thank this. You. Thank you yeah. so much. This really is good. like, um, this is the bedroom nobody goes to. So he's like, that's your poo-poo bed. <laughs> this is where you're going to give birth. Is on literally the he can go to another bedroom sometimes because I eat in bed and he still can't take it. Wow, wait, wait. wait, I'm sorry because we're doing like a round robin thing, but yeah, all but, these- I'm sorry, I took up so much time. No, I just have someone else coming on, but I'm gonna, I was gonna say you should come back on because I'd love to talk to you about like all this stuff. I, I feel like, like this is not your only story, so <laughs> yeah, I have, so I have so many more questions to ask you guys. I feel like I talked the whole time, but yeah, I'll, I'll DM you. Thank you for doing this. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. That is so funny. She signed a fake lease. He didn't sign a lease. She just told him that she signed a lease to get him to move. I don't even understand what the point was behind that. But well, that's why I was like, you got to come back on because this is a story we have to hear. New York never disappoints. I mean, but like when you say that out loud, it like sounds so crazy because it is crazy. But then I'm like, I mean, it worked. Clearly. Yeah. Our next guest. He's a very funny guy. And I met him through a friend and She's like, you got to have him on. He's great. And he was great. I really liked him. Connor Janda. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Connor. Guys, any friend of Lucy's is a lover of mine. So I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because I, I have a booker and then it, things got so messed up. And then I, she was like, do you have anyone? I'm like, actually, yes, I do. I, I've been wanting to like book you, but I just like haven't had a date. And then I was like, oh, hopefully you can do it tonight. So thanks for coming on. I'm excited. No, absolutely. I love it. Thanks for having me. Does my sound, is my sound okay? Yeah, totally fine. Okay, cool. Okay, so... Yeah, Lucy was just like, you have to have him on. He's so fucking funny. Everything uh, he does. And I was like, she's okay, my yeah. agent. She doesn't know what she is. Lucy's she's everyone's agent. Yeah, and Lucy's yeah. everyone's agent. She's my agent at the she's bar. She's like a connector. Like she knows every single person that has ever been born. And she like just like connects all of them. Yeah. You no, know, she was at a party uh, with Jada. It was Jada's birthday party. Yeah. 
and the owner of New York Comedy Club was there and she texted me a selfie. She's like, he says he loves you. And I'm like, tell him to fucking book me. And she she goes, ooh, he says he doesn't book. He just owns. And I'm like, he owns the club and he can't book me. But of course to Lucy, he's like, I love her. I'm like, he doesn't know who I am. And like only Lucy would like be at a random person who isn't a comedian's birthday party and meet the owner. Like that's insane. Like that would only happen to Lucy Chambers. She can drink like... I, the biggest fight my boyfriend and I had was the night I went out with Lucy because I came back so blacked out. I yelled at him for leaving me in the Uber and he never came out with us. Oh my God. If you're alone at 40, it's because of Lucy. It's <laughs> Lucy's fault. Don't forget that. Yeah. Um, every time a guy breaks up with me, I'm like fucking Lucy. Yeah. Damn. I've never gone out with Lucy. I'm kind of scared too. <laughs> like I have to for sure. She's like one just knows everyone in the whole world and two because she's like the nicest most fun person but then three I'm, I'm just like genuinely terrified I went out with her this weekend and I survived but we did end up at someone's random like backyard just bonfire thing because we met them while we were getting pizza and we went and hung out they all liked her they did not like me very much and I'm not really why? Sure why. well I think one of them was like he was just telling me about like his dating thing he's like you know what I really like girls and I really like like dating girls but Sometimes I date girls and then I just don't want to be with them anymore. So then I start to create a fight. I'm like, I don't think you really need to do. It was a cute guy. I'm like, I don't think you need to do that. I feel like you could just like date casually and not get into almost relationships. And just because I was like challenging it, I'm like, I feel like you're doing this a little bit wrong. He's like, oh, okay. And then like just literally turned around and started talking to his friends. And I was just sitting there drinking White Claw. I'm like, all right. Who is this man? Yeah, who's literally pouring his heart out and you're giving him sage advice. And he's like, fuck this bitch. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm like, like, why is he telling you about his mommy issues? I don't know how it came up. I like, we've been sitting there talking about like anything else and that happened, but also, okay. (laughs) Wait, what's your Myers? Can I get what, do you know what your Myers-Briggs is? I should. I don't. Have you not taken, Hannah, what do you have yours? I don't know what mine is. Wait, you have to take it. It's able, it honestly will change your life. And I know that everyone like said, like, it's not like astrology. Astrology is stupid. Like Myers-Briggs is like it actually will change your life. It tells you your personality. Yeah. Yeah. And like it divides you into 16 categories of people, which I realize that there are more than 16 types of people. Like no one's saying that there are only 16 types, but it's more like a roadmap of like understanding yourself. And it has like it gives you four letters. And it, those four letters as a combination, like kind of help you like figure out why you act how you do in certain situations based on like what you prioritize on like what you're sensitive about, what's important to you. So like for me, I like I one time I had a boss who was the literal opposite of me. And I was like, why is why is my boss the devil? And then I was like, she's not the devil. She's just like is the literal opposite personality. And like she we just value completely different things. But I feel like with dating and stuff, it like is so helpful because to figure out like, I feel like every single time something goes south, I can identify, like, here's where the Myers-Briggs roadmap would have steered me back in the right direction if I had followed it. Wait, so what are your letters? Okay, I'm an ENFPT, but the T is, like, recent is a recent addition. They just added that, so ENFP. Extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. And then my soulmate is an INTJ. And I feel like you might be an INTJ, but I'm not, po- like, maybe. I'm you know, not an INFJ. Are you not introverted? No. I got a bad read on you I know see maybe this is the problem maybe I like I can be too many different letters at once and that's why people are like fuck this I don't want to deal with her I'm just going to turn around because you're unpredictable I guess we'll find out I will report back I will take it tonight let me know before quarantine I thought I was an introvert and now I'm like oh no I'm for sure an extrovert with just a shitty attitude like that (laughs) is my personality because Uh, I have to be around people but I hate every fucking second of it yeah yeah Wait, I, I, 
when you take it, I think I know what you are. I'm going to send it to you. I'm Wait, guessing that you're think- an ESTJ. I think you're an ESTJ. What is an ESTJ? That sounds like a good cocktail. Yeah. It there would should be. be a Myers-Briggs bar where they just have Wait, a- My roommate has said this, that there should, like, there should some sort of experiential, because people, like, eat that crap up. And, like, some sort of experiential, whether it's, like, a bar or a pop-up, whatever. And, like, it, yeah. People are talking about Wait, it, what is an ESTJ? Because you told Skylar she's your soulmate and then I'm over here just fucking blowing in the wind. <laughs> no, you're not blowing in the wind. You are, you're, you're, you're blowing in the wind in a clear direction, you know? Um, you're extroverted, sensory thinking and judging, but not judgmental. And I'm also not an expert. I'm just like, I read the Reddit boards. I feel like that does make me kind of an expert. I feel like if you're on the Reddit boards, you are an expert. Yeah, yeah, what's the difference between Reddit and a textbook is how much money you paid for it. So exactly. Yeah. Wait, so how did you get in? Why were you like fuck astrology? Because I actually like astrology. I saw an astrologist this summer and everything he said, I was like, this guy fucking knows. what did he say? So this was the thing. He was an astrologist in England that my friend had met over Instagram. And I was like, absolutely not. She was like, celebrities do it. I'm like, celebrities also do heroin. But then I was like in a tough spot because I had just gone through this breakup. And so or it wasn't even a breakup the guy rejected me (laughs) classic mix up but he I was really sad and I was really heartbroken so I just like wanted answers and so I was like all right I'll pay this I will PayPal this man in England 110 euros and this is on the internet this is all over Instagram oh and then I get he I was like I have a question about this guy and you don't give him the name I gave him the where he was born his birthday I think it was just where he was born and his birthday. That's all I gave him. Then he was looking him up on Facebook. He's like, mm, I know. Well, I had to, I, cause it's not on his birthday isn't on Facebook. So I had to go through like our texts and like all this shit to figure out when his fucking birthday is. Cause I forgot. And he described our relationship like to a T. So Wait, it was did just, did you like an action item? Was he like, here's what you do now? What, here's what you do next. Well, he was just like, you need to walk away from this. And he was absolutely right. He's like, you keep going back, but you're, it's never going to change. See, I see, I'm so anti-astrology and then I hear stuff like that. And then I'm like, I think I'm pro whatever I heard last, <laughs> whatever the person who just before me is like, no, this works. I'd be like, okay, you're you right. told me that you met your grandma on a Ouija board. I'm like, get me a Ouija board and I'm reaching out to mine. But I do think you should look up Myers-Briggs. That's interesting. And now I need to, I went to a psychic one time. This is in Chicago. And she's like, you can ask me any question in the world. I was like, here's my question. I was like, what should I do? Because I wanted to keep it broad. She was not helpful at all. She said, all I remember that she said, she was like, you're going to fall in love with a man named Tony. And now every time I find a man named Tony, there's part of me that's like, it's Tony. So I'll always like give Tony's a second chance. But like I, other than that, she was like completely so not helpful. And I was like, is this woman making so much money to like tell people to fall in love with Tony? But if I do end up with a Tony, then I need to like find this woman and she needs to officiate her wedding. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I saw a psychic in West village. Um, I was on a date with this guy who ended up being terrible, but we were on a date together going to see the psychic. And she was like, I'll bring you in first. And she goes, are you on a date with this guy? And I was like, yeah. She was like, let me tell you right now. He is not the one. And then when we hooked up, he fucking started choking me and he said, I'm going to murder you. Oh my God. I was oh like, my God. Psychics, maybe I'm just easy to fucking read. <laughs> oh my God. They need to be giving that out for free on the street, like a public service announcement. Like that man will choke you. Who is it? What's her name? I don't, I literally, this was like four years ago. It was next to this Italian restaurant in Greenwich Village. That's because so many places. A I know. Next to an Italian restaurant in Greenwich Village. That is Greenwich Village. I know. I, I cannot remember what it was called. It was like, she was outside because they had that little window nook thing where they yeah. could put outside. Yeah. Wait, so you're sober. 
Yeah, I've been sober for five years next month. Um, I, in May, Congrats. thank you. Well, no wonder you haven't been out with Lucy. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing. I love like so. I still love like chaos. Like I still love to go out. I still love like I'm not not like as fun. Sometimes there's people who are super annoying to like go out with because they're just like hey. some people don't want to go out with a single person. That's fine because I'll never have the type of fun that they want me to have. Yeah. And they'll be like, "Why are you having more fun?" I'll be like, "Cause I'm." an alcoholic and I'm sober and you're like seven shots deep and I love that for you I love it so much but I'm just like this is me having fun so I feel like it is just like harder to find people that are like actually like the people that like I want to go out with but I think in New York especially compared to Chicago like New York is like there's it's not that it's a chiller scene and there's like it's a bigger scene there's just more to do it is nice like when someone's sober and just like can go out and have fun I'm very envious yeah I mean, at first I didn't, like, especially when I first got to where I literally lived, like, in a fraternity house and I did not leave the house. I was, like, I was not going to other people's places. Like, it was a year of, like, kind of, like, isolation in some ways. But then I feel like after that year, I went to school in the middle of North Carolina. It was the middle of nowhere. And then after, I feel like I needed all of that to kind of be, like, okay, you're, like, it's so ingrained in you. Sobriety is so ingrained in you that, like, now you can go back into, like, a place like New York or Chicago and not just, like, slip every time you walk down the street. Because I lived here for a summer when I was 20. And it was like insane. Like I remember just like running up and down Seventh Avenue, like barefoot in the middle of the night to go like like hook up with a random person who was probably way too old and didn't know anything about. But like that was like, and I feel like if I had moved here, then I would have just like not had a time. Wait, so how did you get sober in college? Like, what was the? If you don't mind, like, why did you get sober in college? Like, was there something event? Okay, so I didn't even start drinking that early. I started drinking at like sixteen years old, and either from the start, kind of early. okay it's five years before le- it's legal some people like I was drinking at 12 and like I like no like I drank like junior year of high school and I'm, I'm a very addictive personality I mean I think in comedy a lot of people have a very addictive personality I think you almost like sometimes need to you need to be like grind 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 and I like whatever part of my brain likes that also was like very into this and I was just like I was a really anxious teenager and I like I also like didn't want to be gay and I was like for sure was and I like, knew that I was and I think as soon as I had alcohol come in I was like this is so chill and to me it's like why would I have a little bit of alcohol and feel like a little bit good if I could have so much to feel amazing so then once I started it was just like all I like could not stop until I was just like passed out and it was just a mess and then why I stopped and I think it's always unlucky because there's so many people that could like kind of go years of their life like with those with that type of drinking but I like I went to the hospital I hit my head fell in the bathroom at college my roommate drove to the hospital because I like refused an ambulance and that, then he worked for Jeb Bush love him <laughs> yeah and I know I was like I don't know my insurance I'm not taking this I was so obstinate and then I and then later that year I was like arrested for like resisting arrest and assaulting a cop and then I and then my school was like kicking me out of school and then I was like no 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 hold up I will start a sobriety support program and they were like, okay, fine. So then I started the sobriety support program and they like, that was like, it was my um, admittance back in the school was contingent on starting this support program because none existed. And we're in the middle of North Carolina, like in Burlington, North Carolina. And then two, I had to go to AA meetings um, in the basement of this church that was on campus. So it was just like all these like old men from the town. And so here's the thing, like I started the support program, but I like just never advertised it, but I like rented out a room and I would go and sit. And if anyone was like, when's your support program? I'd be like, well, I have this room for this hour, but like no one ever came because I like, I don't know, didn't tell anybody about it. So I like, just like, I kind of like sweet talked my way through it. And then I always say like, I would slip pretty consistently, like every three months for the rest of college. And then the summer I was in New York, I was just like completely went insane, like, which makes sense. Like you're fresh out of 
yeah. North Carolina. This is New York City. There's like, it was, I was just went crazy. You're like, I'm an but adult. I'm a new man. It's like, Ooh. I'm a new man. Yeah. I, my roommate was like the first gay man that I feel like I ever, he was like my first like gay friend. If that makes, like he taught me how to exfoliate. He's like, you need to be watching Queer as Folk. He would just like leave in the middle of the night to just like sleep with all these like men that I like, I had no idea who they were. And I was like, this is a man. Like, this is a real man. And then, but I always say like, I got sober, like it wasn't like this moment. I just like got so tired of like this, this shame of waking up after slipping literally became something that was like, that's like scarring, like remembering that. And just like always remembering that feeling. I feel like made me just stop drinking. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like great. And like to be able to get sober in college is truly incredible. Even though you have slips, I'm like still every three months that is in college. That is like super impressive. Yeah. So impressive. Yeah. It got to the uh, point where like everyone that I knew was like, that's Connor who's sober. So I was like, who am I even going to drink with? Like, who am I hanging out with? If there was no one to hang out with. Like, I was like, if you're going, you can go, but you have to be sober because everyone knows your story. Like everyone knows. Yeah. So yeah, for me, I'm just like such a creature of my environment. So it's like, I can't go out with certain people or like, oh, I yeah. need to be in therapy, like consistently. <laughs> like it's, it's very, um, are you in therapy now? I am. Yeah. I had to work through some stuff and I think it's hard when you're drinking to know, like, what's the root of your problems because you're like yeah. masking it by drinking right. and which I was doing. And then once I was like truly confronting my personal issues and like, now it's just, I can, I can go have two drinks and not, um, turn that into 14. Yeah. And no. not end up in a guy's bed and fucking, you know, upper East side. Yeah. For me, like I, so I started, I was an acting major and then I was like, I, it was such a small program. I feel like I had burned every single bridge and that like I'd slept through every single thing they could possibly sleep for, through. I had just like every person I could have gotten into a fight with, I had gotten into a fight with about something that like tied back to like maybe being drunk or me trying to leave something early or me like not going to something at all or going to something late. And I was like, I, I left the acting program after a year. I feel like I just like burned every single bridge. Like if I had kept drinking, I feel like I would have had no people left. Yeah. Where do you live now? Okay, I'm on the Upper East Side. So you would be waking up in my bed. I'm on 81st and 1st. Um, I, I would be waking up in your bed. And you'd be like, please get off me for the 11th time. Like I asked you so, to leave four times last night. Why are you still here? <laughs> I'm not going to go down on you, bitch. Do leave. And you work at Solid Core. That's your I work at Solid Core. Have you been to Solid Core? I have. Oh, I yeah. have to be honest. It's too hard for me. No, no, no. Only the, that's because that's you only went one time. Yeah, but it, it's it's tough. It's a hard fucking class. It totally is. Come this the second it gets better every single time. It's always like miserable, but then you just get used to being miserable. It's hard when they know your name, but it's also hard when they don't because they'll be like, "Girl in the pink shirt, like pick it up." And I'm like, literally, yeah. everyone's wearing black with me. <laughs> like it's very. Um, I am embarrassed. No, I hate that. I want you to feel. I always tell people that we're like doctors, whereas like people are always like, "Don't look at me; it's my first time ever." And I'm like, "No, we're like doctors. We see so many people for their first time that it's just like no judgment. It's chill. Like you're back. I don't care how low your back is. I'll help you fix it. You know, I'll be like Tina, your hips. <laughs> Tina, your shoulders. Tina, your shoulders. Like that. But I, I'm worried for Tina's shoulders. I need her to fix that. <laughs> Do you feel like? Because uh, with me, I don't think I actually applied to be a soul cycle instructor, and I mm, wait. I did too. I didn't get I was honestly good. <laughs> I think that's good. Um, yeah. And I just can't imagine being like, come on guys, you got this. Cause I'm not a very positive person. Like my comedy is no. very negative. So sure. I think I would hurt a lot of people's feelings as an instructor. Wait, I don't know if it's negative. I listen to your comedy. I don't think it's is ne- negative. Do you think negative? I think I can be like a little, I can tease people. Like I, I can poke fun. You know, it's like when you're doing crowd work, you're like sweet hat, bitch. Like if you call someone out, 
But in a yeah. fitness class, it's very different yeah. than comedy because yeah. you're yeah, really building someone's self esteem. Yeah. And in comedy, you're breaking your own down. So it's like totally. I imagine it's a hard, it's like a fine line of like being this instructor and watching someone who's like bad and being like, how do I not make fun of this person right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. Hand and telling me, you got this, just push through it. I'd be like, fuck off, no. Cause I would know that you were being sarcastic about it. But mm. I just don't know if I have that pep in my step to encourage people. Okay, I, here's where I think you might, because I think that it comes back to like making people like you. And at the end of the day, I want, everyone to like me in the world and in that room so like in that room I'm like as long as you're safe and you're having a good time cool and like do you like me like if you like me I'm cool if you're like as long like I don't care what you do I don't care if you're doing that backflip on the thing like as long as you're safe and you like me we're good to go yeah someone's like eating Cheetos you're like yeah but like tell me what you think of me read my tweet like, I love that I love that for you I'm so glad you're following your journey or checking their phone I'm like how are your stops what are you doing it's great <laughs> but eventually are you in therapy um, okay, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was in Chicago. I was in therapy online, which I loved because you didn't have to go anywhere. It was amazing. And then I went off my dad's insurance because I turned the big two six. Um, and I didn't want, I suck. I like didn't want to pay for her anymore. And now I just like stopped, but I do miss her. I think everyone should be in therapy. Yeah, therapy is not only like just help my personal relationships and like my life, but it's also helped my comedy in a way that yeah. I used to be so self-deprecating and then like I would say things about myself on stage that just frankly weren't true it was so mean it was like it wasn't funny because it was just straight up mean and then yeah. so my therapist one day was like writing shit down and I was like after 20 minutes she's like I'm gonna stop you I'm gonna read you the names you called yourself and they were pretty bad yeah. and um then she made me print out a photo of myself when I was younger so that I can look at it and she's like could you say this to a six-year-old and then I was like well what is the six-year-old doing you know what I mean I could probably call a six-year-old a cunt but like my point is is that it's helped me in the sense of like I want everyone to like me too and I have such a perfectionist personality but that is tough in comedy because it's like you have to have a strong point of view and uh have an opinion on something and yeah. having an opinion on something immediately makes you unlikable because it's people are probably going to disagree with it yeah so I think therapy has helped me in comedy in a sense of like, well, if they don't like me, fuck them. Like they don't have to yeah. listen. Mm-hmm. Wait, Whereas before I used what? to read my comments like crazy and it was just a nightmare. But what kind of, is there like a type of therapy that you're in? Like, is it, I don't know what I'm asking. Like, so I was doing cognitive behavioral. What's that? Oh, so dumb. That means that there wasn't. That means you're just in general therapy, which is better. I was in, so CBT, it was just like, my perception of it and CBT is what I used when I got sober. So when, when I was like during COVID, I was like, okay, I want to go back to CBT. And it's just actually, she helped me move to New York hundred percent. She was like, yeah, go up and go to New York. I was like, great, cool. Um, but it's more like, instead of going through your past, she's very like, when you feel anxious, when you feel sad, when you feel manic, whatever, or like when you have thoughts, whatever, like, here's how you address that. It's kind of like trying to equip you with the tools to just like help yourself in the moment. I don't know, which is really, really helpful to me. Like, I think, remember, like, with the alcohol, it was more just, like, when you, like, want to drink, like, here's what you do. Like, think about this. It's, so, like, grounding techniques and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yes. My therapist says that stuff, too. She'll be, like, I'll be, like, oh, he's doing this. And, like, oh, and she's, like, how are you feeling right now? Instead of, like, trying to fight that feeling, just live through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know I if that's the same that. thing. Where it's, it's, like, if you're feeling it. anxious, just be, like, I'm anxious right now. Just surrender to your anxieties instead of judging yourself. Hey. That reminds me of improv and I hate that it reminds me of improv because I hate improv. Oh my God, I <laughs> and, hate improv uh, too. It's horrible. It's the worst thing in the whole world. But they used to be like, you're falling out of a plane, just fall. And I'd be like, that's groundbreaking. But I feel like that's like the same thing. Like if you're like, whatever you're feeling, like let yourself feel that, live with the discomfort. 
power through, baby. Yeah, but I kind of like the idea of dealing with it as opposed to just living in this discomfort because I'm constantly in it. <laughs> Wait, that's so interesting. Would you ever be a therapist? <sighs> no, I would tell someone to sack up eventually. Wait, some people, okay, I had a therapist that was like that and I feel like she was really what I needed sometimes. When I was in Chicago and this was like, I'd been to work for like maybe two years. I was like super guarded and I feel like I was very like risk averse. And then she, I, like, I wouldn't do anything. Like I was, wasn't really going on dates. I wasn't taking risks. I wasn't like, even like in the comedy world, like I was not doing anything. And then she was like, get over yourself. She didn't say that exactly. She's like, what are you so afraid of? Like, stop. Wait, people who can say things in this way that, that take all of the anxiousness that's inside and they can just like minimize it in this way that isn't disrespectful and like, just like be like, so what? So, I think that's so powerful. See, so, I'm not direct. Hannah, you seem direct. I am pretty direct, but I, you know, I piss a lot of people off. So, you know, people are able to, if they're uncomfortable with someone or they don't like someone, they're able to sit with them and have dinner and be pleasant. And I cannot do that. I either give you the cold shoulder if I don't like you, or I'm like, bitch, this is what you fucking did that pissed me off. People will be like, whoa. And I'll be like, you want me to be your friend and you want me to have dinner with you right now, but these are the things you've done to me. And like, that's not going to happen, but I don't necessarily, that's not a, when you're in business, that is not a quality trait to have. Or if you're trying to, especially I try to keep my so, uh, social life and comedy life a little separate for that reason, because I'm like, I have had problems with comedians and it makes it awkward because I, I can't um, dismiss shitty behavior. And unfortunately with comedians, it's rampant. So it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I am direct, but I don't I don't think it's helpful all the time. Yeah. Because, you know, I want people to like me, too. But it's like at some point I'm like, I just get pissed off. Maybe the ultimate skill then is like how to be direct while getting what you want. Yeah. And that's the challenge. With your Myers-Briggs, are you direct or how? No, I'm super passive. Like I'm very like harm. I love harmony. I want everyone to get along. If I am upset, actually my most conflict in my life, like I'm a, like a loving person. I love people. A lot of times conflict will stem from like, if I'm upset with someone, I like will try like to not show it. Or if like, even if I like, even if there's not a conflict, I'm just like, no, I'm over this person. Fuck this person. I hate this person. I will simply the absence of giving them energy in a room where I like all the other people it is like what causes the issue. And they're like, why are you treating this person? Like, I'm not being rude. I'm not even giving them the cold shoulder. I'm just like, it's the absence of energy. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where conflict arises from. But I'll never say anything to them. When people do that to me, it's like very obvious. And I'm like, can you just tell me what I fucking did? And they're Mm -hmm. like, no, I just don't like your personality. And I'm like, that's impossible. You do. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, Yeah, you love me, but you just haven't figured it out. Yeah, and especially when you talked about like the business and like that is super about like just like getting what you want at the end of the day. Like for me, every single conversation is like my natural instinct is to be like, this is an emotional conversation. 90% of the time it doesn't need to be. Like, why am I inflicting my emotions in it and trying to like deliver like tough news while making everyone still like freaking love me? They're going to be annoyed at you when you like don't have a backbone. And I feel like a lot of times that's what it reads as. My therapist actually recommends you write everything you want to say out in an email. And even if you don't send the email, like your emotion will be in the email and you yeah. have the points you want to say. So it's written out so that you can read it. And when you have a conversation with someone, even if you haven't sent that email, the the emotion is taken out of it because you've already taken it out. Yeah. But I have all these drafts now that I'm like, if someone were to fucking find my drafts in my emails. <laughs> your outbox, your draft box. Yeah. Um, so what we got from this is women and gay men are too emotional. 
Not I think all. that's like pretty well known though, right? That's why we get along so well. Not all of them, but like these three that are. Skylar, are you emotional? Oh my God, yes. Okay, I good. hide it very well, but when it pops out, not. What's the difference between being emotional and being dramatic? I think being dramatic is like saying I'm like just having a sad day, but being like, I am so depressed. Like this is just, the, it's just like taking everything and cranking it up to an 11. Whereas being emotional is like, if I get very upset about something, whether I'm mad or sad or anxious or frustrated, like that comes out as me crying. So then people are like, no, like don't cry. I'm like, no, this is just how it's going to come. Like I can still talk to you through yeah. it, making like thoughts through it, but I'm going to cry while I'm doing that. And that's emotional. Whereas if I were just like sitting there and someone was like, hey, can you move over, move over? And then I start crying. That's a very serious example, but that's like, that's not necessary. But the tears when I'm frustrated are necessary. And that's well, just- my problem is, you know, I'll have an interaction. I'll be like, okay, like I can't get upset. And then someone will be like, can you move over? And I'm like, why are you so fucking mean? Why is what's wrong with the world? Like, fuck everyone. It's like, it's tough- <laughs> yeah. Wait, so Connor, are you in a relationship? No, um, no, for sure. No, I bop around a date. Actually, I think my biggest, the biggest, the first thing I noticed, like when I moved to New York from Chicago, is just like the number, like the different types of gay men in New York compared to Chicago was like wild to me. Like in Chicago, every single person is like in finance or like, that's kind of it finance. And that's all. Whereas in New York, it's like all these different types. So I'll like go on dates and then I'll realize that no one makes me not want to go do comedy every single night because we're dying and our dreams are now and then I'll be like okay great so it's like how do I keep this man like maybe around and then I just end up ghosting (laughs) so you're a player what's what's your type of guy by accident a guy that looks like me and has a steady job but looks exactly like me so siblings or dating is your favorite account yeah no it should be it would be it's hard for me to like justify like regular inclusion of another person when I feel like there's so many other things that are more important right now. But then I'll also like the other day I walked by this park on the Upper West Side and saw all these kids sitting on lily pads six feet away eating their little lunches. And it's like, crap, I just want a family. So it's just like, I go in and out of that constantly. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I started comedy my senior year of college and like I broke up with my boyfriend who's like so nice. And because I knew he like he wanted to get married and like, you know, I was like, no, I want to like go be a famous comedian, which is not how you start for the first 10 years of the career. Mm-hmm. It, it was a constant thing of like, am I making a mistake by going to this fucking open mic in this basement? And like, is this really what I want to do? Like, and then COVID hit and I'm like, fuck, like, you know, like I'm in my parents' basement. I'm back to square one here. But it is yeah. a thing of, if you like it, it's it's hard to um, it's kind of like when you like a psychopath and everyone's like, why are you dating this person? You're like, I love him. I don't know why, yeah. but I love him. And that is comedy. Yeah. Like for my last the last three months I was in Chicago, I was hanging out with one guy and I completely stopped writing. I stopped doing comedy and I literally like maybe love like I loved hanging out with him and like three months for gay men that's actually 46 years like that like we are Jack and Rose and the Titanic like we yeah and (laughs) but my thing was as lovely and wonderful as he was I was like at the end of that I was like wait I'm left just like feeling sad because like and I'm like but no matter what he's not going to be he's not comedy like he's not going to make me feel the way that like comedy does and like that was like a hard thing to balance it is a uh, it's like shit. Do I I'm seeing people get married and I'm like, I don't I've never even opened a Pinterest with a wedding dress like that has never been on my mind. But recently I've been like, fuck, should I like want that? You know, it's it's a tough thing of like 
fuck, it looks fun. Like, it looks great. Right. Is this what I want? Or do I want to keep bombing in front of a room full of men who... I know. know. And then I think you have to picture your life when you're grown and you, like, no longer are in front of anyone. You don't write for people. You don't make people laugh. Like, and, like, maybe that's... Maybe it's not, like, a good trade-off. But, like, if you love comedy, then I feel like there must... I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, like, I feel if you find someone who loves you so much and you love that person back, like, would you be 49 years old? I was going to say 41. I was like, no, make it more 49 years old. Yeah, come like, on, 41, oh. bitch, we're there. <laughs> I'd be like, crap, I missed it. Like, I didn't really try the thing that I really loved. And now I'm just like, here's what I'm left with. I don't know. I feel like you just have to take it. Like, it's so weird. Like, every single person that does comedy is a literal insane person because at a certain point, you're just like, I'm either going to die a comedian who makes money or die trying. And that sucks. Well, yeah, I was at Le Pain, Le Pain, you know, I just sound racist trying to say it, but it's, LPQ. I know it's French. Yeah, LPQ. And um, I saw Steve Martin walk in with his wife mm-hmm. and his five-year-old daughter. Steve Martin's like 85 years old. Oh, my he God. is carrying his ass. And, it, and to it. me, I was like, there's a sadness to that because it's like, you know, he had an amazing career. And like, I mean, I didn't even know that until I read his book because I was not alive during the time of his peak. But like, right he's not gonna see his daughter graduate high school Mm -hmm. um and I wonder if that bothers him or if he's like you know like I'm gonna leave her with a shit ton of money like I mean obviously you'd rather have your father around than like have his money I you know whatever but most people but it is this thing of like he did have this amazing career but now he's never you know he waited and men can do that as opposed to you know me I'm like especially gay men for like there's no timeline if you you have a benefit show yeah I really do and what's funny is like I used to feel like that would make me a worse comedian because I'm like that's a waste of my time and I'm like no like that is like that's you have something to fucking talk about well how long are you going to talk about being gay and your catholic school and you're in a frat cool who cares like shut up I feel like your comedy needs to age with you and like if you're not like there's that balance between like the hustle and then like living your life and I feel like you need to talk about something like you have to bring something to the table I totally agree I think some of the best comedians it's like they have kids they have families because you have to be relatable you know if I was still making jokes about you know getting fucked on a Saturday like when I'm 45 49 as you age it's like (laughs) it's fine but it's not like everyone you know in my age group or like the people I'm talking to are like this is kind of sad this is not funny you know yeah oh gosh that terrifies me but yeah um okay well speaking of usually we do a, a fetish of the week i i say the fetish and you guys have to like guess what it is the fetish is called partialism partialism p-a-r-t-i-a-l-i-s-m mm-hmm. partialism you get really turned on by an opinion someone who would like bombastic opinions oh that's a good uh, guess but no I say you get really turned on by people with micro penises. Because <laughs> it's like partial. It's like part of a penis. Uh, no, it is arousal of a body part other than reproductive organs like calves. That was the example that the Huffington Post gave. And I think I have this. I love a man with strong calves. Wait, you get turned on by calves or your calves feel the arousal? You get turned on by calves. So like you see calves and you're like, I'm wet, soaking. And that was in my hinge profile for a while. I was like, I am so turned on by calves because for me, I'm like a six pack. I I, I don't want to say this to a guy who's in fitness because I don't want this to be offensive, but I don't like a guy oh. with a six pack because I'm like, 
we're never going to get along. Like our priorities are just different. And like, you're going to expect something of me. This is also me premeditating, you know, any problems, but I'm like, if you have a six pack as a guy, like this is never going to work. Whereas with calves, I'm like, he walks outside. He's going to feed me bird seed while we fuck. You know what I mean? Like it, it it seems like he walks up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, He has a camelback just Mm -hmm. on him at all times, but mine is shoulder caps. I just like love a shoulder, like a giant shoulder. So do you like shoulder pads? Oh my God, no. That would be so weird. That would be like the British monarch. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, have you heard of invisible lat syndrome? Wait, no, what is that? I think I have that. So you can't get lats. My back is horrible. What is that? It's when people walk walk as if they have, yeah. They walk as if they have lats. So they're like walking with their arms out here, even though there's no need for the extra room. Wait, that's not a syndrome. That's a problem solved. That's pretty incredible. And I didn't really notice it until my boyfriend was like, that guy has invisible lat syndrome. And then now I see it all the time, especially in East Village. It is rampant over there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't have any back muscles. So that's, that is going to be me. Wait, so you like a guy with shoulders? I don't know why. I just like love shoulders. I think they should be broad. And I think that you need to do shoulder presses. And I think that all of it, I love shoulders. Well, so then are you a little spoon? Do you like a guy who can big spoon you? Yes. Someone that looks like me, but does shoulder day and is taller. <laughs> How do you find that? Is there like a settings on dating apps? I don't know. <laughs> it should be like, there should be. I think that there should be a dating app that is based on your Myers-Briggs. Like that is my business idea. I'm, um, what's the word? Trademarking that. Because I feel like I, that Unfortunately, would I don't know if that's how trademarks work. I think you might have to, this podcast, I don't think is big enough for you to officially trademark it here, but. Well, not yet. What is like the worst date you've ever been on? The worst date of my entire life. Oh my God. Okay. This one guy that was just like such a miserable disaster who, uh, who's blonde, which is fine. But I love blondes. Yeah. I don't, I I like don't love blondes. I think it's like because of the sound of music or something. And we were in (laughs) Chicago and he like was obsessed with architecture, which is like cool. And then he took me to this place, Pilsen, which is, you know, Pilsen, probably not. And we just like walked around Pilsen. And then he lived in Uptown, which is like not a place I ever need to go, but it's where he lives. So we like went up there and like ate food and like I ate like maybe a bowl of rice with vegetables and he ate something that was like a real freaking meal. And then we like split the Chakazis because he said to. And then it was like, I I can say that, but you don't have the right to say that. And then I didn't even see his house or and that was it. So I hate him. I mean, no wonder he went big on the yeah. on the meal. He was like, we're going to go down like, on this bitch. Where did you meet him? Like hinge. And I remember what the weirdest part to me is like his parents paid his bills. Like your parents are paying for them. So like mine wouldn't be. And I was like a teacher at the time. I taught high school. So it was like, no, I feel like that should have been him. His parents really. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite dating app? Okay. I think it was Chappie, but then Chappie went away. Chappie was only gay men. And that like went away, got like eaten by Bumble or was like the same as Bumble or got like absorbed by Bumble. I don't know. And then, but I think now that Chappie's gone, I feel like Hinge, like I feel like the people on Hinge are like pretty normal and like Hinge gives you enough like information about someone to like say something, like they have to give information. Like there's no one on Hinge who's like, here's a picture of me with a fish and then my height and that's it. Like there's always like, here's a prompt that I've answered. There's some, some piece of something to latch onto. Yeah, I just feel like Hinge is the most, like, not that you need to be in a relationship when you're on the dating apps, but, like, if you're looking for one, that's the best one because it's the most effort yeah. you have to put into. Yeah. Yes. Do, are you on Grinder or no? Depend. I go in and out sometimes and sometimes no. 
it always makes me so sad. I'm not gonna get can- I feel like I should, I mean, it does though. It always makes me sad. I'm always like, I feel like whatever it's been trying to scratch, I could figure out myself, you know? Yeah. And like, sometimes I go on grinders because I'm like, who's around? Like, is anyone around like, want to hang? A hang sash? And then it's all these like faceless torsos that are right. terrifying. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it'll be like one not faceless torso, but it's just like a blank photo. And I'll be like, maybe this is the one. And it's like, why would the one without a photo be the best of the, like, that's not, that's not the best of the bunch. But yeah, I feel like I've been on Grindr on and off for like 10 years. Like the fact that it tells you where, pe- like that people are literally near you. Mm-hmm. Like this person doesn't live on the Upper West Side. They're not like off a highway. Like they are like in your vicinity is like the best part of it. Yeah, I kind of wish. I mean, I guess Tinder is kind of like that. I mean, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes Tinder to Snapchat to your apartment. That's the. Yeah, I know. I feel like there should. There's. I don't know if there's like a straight grinder. Maybe one day. Maybe that's the thing that we should be trademarking. There you go. See, I, I mean, I'm bad. down. Um, and then the last thing: Do you have a secret you don't want your mom to know? Do you have one thing you don't want your mom to know? Uh, I love her so much. Um, she. I just saw her today she's terrifying um she's she's the breadwinner I don't know that's an offensive term I think that's an offensive term she's just terrifying but she okay in high school I was like senior year of high school I got really into tanning like I approached tanning with the same gusto that I approached like alcohol with or it's like I'm tanning every freaking day it's like I'm paying for an unlimited membership I'm going every day and then senior year I was in this like benefit concert at a church to raise money for like sick children and we like would rehearse every day, but I only rehearsed one day because I was in one song. Like I wasn't good, and so I like would one rehearsal literally ever. But I told my parents, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to this church every day," and it was next to like a Mystic Tan or a Hollywood Tan or whatever. And I would drive to the church, walk across the street to the Hollywood Tan. So if anything happened with the car, like they were, I would be like, "Whatever, it's chill." Like I was like at the church, um, and then I went tanning every day. And then my mom was like, "Connor, you look amazing," and I was like, "Yeah, I got a spray tan." And then she got a spray tan. And I was like, "Why don't I look amazing?" And I was like, "Well." I've been getting UV, but she doesn't know that. So that's what I would never tell her because it would make her sad. Yeah, but at least you're not still doing that. Skylar's the same no. way. She loves to just bake. I love it. It, yeah. it, it. It's so calming. Like, I feel like my whole personality just like, or like my whole mood that day is affected by it. Yeah, which definitely tells you you're like, I have seasonal affective disorder. Like, seriously. yeah. It's terrifying. Like when I was, tw- I mean, one time my projectile vomited like in one and like, which was horrible because it was crazy. And then another time my boss, when I was in New York and I was 20 and he was like, Connor, you look radioactive. Cause I would go to one every single day. It was sixth Ave and 20, 20th or something. And I remember just like walk past the Chelsea hotel to a tanning salon and would be like, this is, I'm at Mona Del Rey. Wait, do you know what, wait, is that, it's a beach bomb? Is that what it is? Um, it's not there anymore. It was seventh and like 23rd. It's right on that corner. Oh my God. And it was next to the fairway market, which was like, I was an early halo top adopter and I would go to the fairway market and buy like halo top in bulk. And then I would just like, like that was my entire day. Yeah. And you all sound like with- smokers. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. It's a straight up addiction is this tanning board. It is. Also, Nicole Kidman my- is pale. We'll be pale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pale's in. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. That sounds racist to be like, pale is in. Um, (laughs) I take it back. I take it back. I'm just sticking up for myself because I feel pale and gross. Uh, Also, have you been holding concealer this whole time? I just have to ask. Wait, I've literally, guys, yeah. I just came out and I started wearing concealer. Do you like it? Yeah. Um, I, that's a New York edition. Like if I were in Chicago, I never would have done that. Cause it like, okay. Since moving to New York, and I don't like this, but the amount that I think about like procedures on my face is 
I've never thought about that in Chicago. Like no one does. I mean, people don't talk about it. Whereas here, like people are so open about it. Like all these different things that they like, like the Botox and the filler and like all of it, which is just, it's like such a thing here that it was not in Chicago at all. Yeah, I got Botox. I don't want to do filler because I see people getting filler and like, just look at Monica from Friends. And I know that's the second Friends reference I've made today, Skylar. But if you look at her over the seasons, I just think filler, like it eventually just kind of, it doesn't look good after a while. She got it removed though recently. There's still yeah. no- I want it in my jawline. Like I'm not getting it, but like if I were to get it, it would be right here and it would just scoop this up. But okay, I could but just go walk look like at this. Zach Efron. Zach Efron just got yeah. filler. <gasps> his wearing his jaw. Yes. Yeah. And it looks like he is at Thanksgiving just eating stuffing. He looks like a lion and not in a good way. Like, it's, it's pretty scary to see. Yeah, it's not. Wait, he looks, you know what? He looks like Matthew Perry, doesn't he? He looks like Matthew Perry. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> Like hard. tired Matthew Perry, like post friends. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Moral of the story is none of us are getting filler and we're all beautiful and no one ever laughed at someone because they were hot. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come talk to me in six months. I'll be like fillered up. I'm going to come to your class. You're going to be like, I don't think that's her because she said she hated filler and her face looks like a beach volleyball. So you look like that. You, be like, you look amazing. You look incredible. <laughs> <laughs> just so you like, just so I like you. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. Sorry. No, thank it. you. But do you want to plug um, your you- Instagram and like anything else? Your yes. shows? Um, follow me at Connor Janda at Connor Janda, C O N O R J A N D A. Um, to stay updated with my shows. Yeah. <laughs> and take a solid core glass. <laughs> and to come take solid core. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Root Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.